Welcome to this episode of And So It Flows. I'm your host, Nicole Crocky, Chief Editor of Plumbing and Mechanical and PM Engineer Magazines. Today's topic of discussion is bath and kitchen remodeling trends, and we're joined today by Beth Rhodes of CNR Design Remodel, located in Salem, Oregon, and Bob Ayer of PBZ Construction, located in Stoughton, Massachusetts. Thank you both for taking the time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. So before we get into you know, our discussion, why don't you both share a little bit about your backgrounds and what it is your companies do? Beth, why don't we start with you? Wonderful. Well, we are a residential remodeling company in Salem, Oregon. Uh, we focus on kitchens, baths, uh, whole houses, um, and additions. So kind of the full full parts um, and pieces of a home. Um, a company was started in 1961 by my grandfather, and I've gotten to continue the legacy third generation, which is great fun. Um, and I've been doing this since 2007. So definitely have been around a little bit and working with uh, clients all through many different parts and pieces of their projects. That's awesome. I love that the third generation aspect of it. Bob, what about you? Uh, very similar to Beth's. Um, we are high end, say, remodeling. Uh, we do kitchens, bathrooms, additions, whole house renovations. We do an occasional new house here and there, but uh, strictly residential remodeling. Uh, we've been in business since 1992, uh, first generation. So I'm the, I, I started, I have a business partner. Um, we're still together after 30 years. Um, and it's been a great ride uh, just doing remodeling. So getting into our discussion. So my first question for you guys would be, what would you say are the biggest bath and kitchen design trends in the remodeling market um, currently in your areas? Uh, as far as like what I've been seeing probably in the past like few years is everything's bigger, uh, bigger kitchens, bigger bathrooms. Um, you know, we're, we're doing more pantries than we've ever done. I've, I've done probably like my last five kitchens all included like separate pantries. Um, trends, uh, blues, blacks, greens for cabinet colors, which, you know, just I think recently just started coming out a lot of bra brush brass tones. Um, Every kitchen, uh, the designers are specking in floating shelves everywhere. Um, again, everything's bigger, larger refrigerators, larger uh, stoves. Uh, we're doing larger showers. We're doing steam room, steam units in the showers now, uh, which I did, you know, 20 years ago, but now they're coming back. Um, you know, uh, I think the steam units are a little bit more uh, budget friendly than they were years ago, but still very expensive. Um, and a lot of the things we're seeing too, is a lot of like people want more natural light. So we're doing bigger windows and kitchens now than we ever have. Beth, what about you? What are you seeing on the West Coast? Is that kind of the same or some different different trends? I think a few, a few little different things, but I would definitely agree with Bob. Greens, blues, um, blacks are definitely a really kind of forefront in people's minds. You can see green cabinets behind me right now, but um, definitely looking at stronger colors and things. And um, 
in plumbing fixtures, kind of as a remodeler, I'm always a little leery putting uh, color into plumbing fixtures just because we rip out a lot of pink and green um, from the 1950s here. So um, trying to keep those in certain things rather than in hard fixtures that are harder to change is kind of, we, we always wanna look at that kind of timeless approach. Of course, there's current trends that are in the marketplace that we want to know and be well-educated in, but always trying to look to the future so our clients aren't having to update in you know five years, but it's more 10 to 20 year updates. Um, kitchens, a focus is kind of, you know, there's always that triangle that we're always trying to work within when it comes to kitchens, uh, refrigerator, sink, and cooktop. And that's kind of changed a little bit to a little bit more zone. So adding that prep sink, you know, if that larger pantry's in there, the refrigerator might not be right next to the main sink, but it's next to a prep sink or some other kind of area so that you're thinking of um, kind of the prep and the cooking and then the putting away as kind of three different almost steps in the process rather than all in one when we're working in larger spaces. Um, for bathrooms, definitely still those big large showers, um, kind of two-person showers, toilets, whether they're in a separate room or screened off are still, I would say, really, really popular. And then, um, you know, vanities, whether that's a floating vanity or kind of more open trough sinks or different things that we're looking at um, always when it comes to a bathroom layouts. Okay. How would you guys say that these spaces have been evolving in 2023? Um, so evolving, um, I'm going to have to say, I as far as like kitchens, where more and more people are putting in, my opinion, is more expensive fixtures. Um, you know, in the my past three kitchens, I've done workstation sinks. So, you know, I, I just recently did a sink in a bar that was six feet long with multiple with uh, three faucets at it. Um, so it's again, I'm, I'm working with a higher end client who, who can afford something like that. But that's been like a like I think sinks have evolved a lot. Um, you know, uh, we're doing not as many farmer sinks as we are, have been. We're doing a lot more larger stainless steel. Um, so, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've seen that has evolved, you know, besides everything being bigger, but just like the workstation sinks are one, a really cool look, um, but people love them because you can have husband and wife at different parts of the sink doing prep and one's doing peeling and et cetera, et cetera. So, it's uh, that would that would be my biggest uh, uh, having something to evolve. I would say. I do love a man in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beth, what about you? Um, I've noticed that we're kind of going a little bit back in time sometimes when it comes to plumbing fixtures. So a lot more details to them, um, just kind of, you know, Kingston and some different lines that weren't as popular are coming back around with the bridge faucets and just things that are a little bit more, um, have a lot more character to it seem to be kind of on the forefront of people's minds. Um, we always are, you know, want something easy to clean, but just something with a little bit more character. And as Bob mentioned, kind of those brass finishes, whether they're satin or kind of that polished brass looks are definitely keep coming around uh, as people look at different finishes. Okay. 
In what ways would you say design aesthetics have changed in recent years? I know Bob, you're talking, or and Beth, you both were talking about some of the different colors and the cabinets. We're getting away from the traditional wood coloring and into like some different blues and blacks and stuff like that. What other things have you noticed? Um, again, so I mean, I, I feel like a lot of design is a th still throwing in some wood tones um, as more of a um, an abstract piece or, or like, you know, um, not prominent. Um, we've been doing for like a base cabinet, mostly white, but like the islands would be maybe have a wood tone or blue and, um, you know, they've been throwing and the, a lot of the designers that I work with, I'm throwing in the stark white, they've been doing like bone whites and off whites and dove whites. Um, so it's that that would be again the biggest change the as uh, beth was saying i'm not a huge fan of like the black fixtures uh plumbing fixtures um i have seen issues with them but a lot of designers a lot of customers are picking out black black and brushed uh, uh brass has been what i've been seeing as of late beth what about you um, I would, uh, I mean, things are constantly changing in our environment, which is great because it gives us new creative things to look at um, and to, you know, when you're doing this every single day, you always want to see something new and fresh. Um, the, um, it's kind of trying, trying to keep the new and fresh and, and the timeless clients I know are um, in Oregon are suddenly you know, the last three years have been kind of like whatever you pick, whatever we love it all. And now are just, just starting to get a little bit touched kind of now, how much does that one thing cost? So not that cost driven is, is number one focus, but we are seeing a little bit more of that, um, in our market. So, um, if kind of, and then our biggest challenge like is, um, think making sure that, um, the plumbing fixtures work as efficient as possible with the regulations that we have are definitely kind of talking through with clients to make sure that we all understand what, what obstacles are in the way, um, to making sure that things are run efficiently once we install those. Yeah, regulations are constantly changing. And I know that's a battle uh, for everywhere, not just on the West Coast, but I know it's changing a lot faster where you're at. <laughs> it is. Ma Massachusetts, uh, everything has to have a mass compliant number. Um, with customers doing a lot of online shopping uh, and wanting to do their own uh, purchasing. Uh, my company, believe it or not, does not mark up plumbing products. I get I extend a uh, my discount to my customer they would go to my salespeople and they would purchase, pick out, get my discount and purchase their product from there. I've run into some people where they've been buying product, you know, that is not mass compliant and, you know, they deliver it to the job site and especially tubs. Uh, uh, Massachusetts is very strict on, on tubs with overflows. And um, we've had clients have to return tubs because they're, they're not regulated in Massachusetts. And we have a very low 1.4 gallons per minute on some fixtures, which is lower than average. Okay. So what would you guys say are the most sought after products in your markets? I'm gonna, I would have to say um, almost every bathroom we're doing has radiant flooring. 
um, we've been uh, freestanding tubs. I haven't I haven't done a deck mounted tub in five years. Um, a lot of Bluetooth devices, uh, a lot of smart devices for electrical. Um, you know, people like the uh, control their lighting, their music. I we have uh, steam units that have Bluetooth that you can run off your phone. Um, so a lot of our smart technology uh, we're we're really introducing into the kitchens, just like a lot of the appliances today um, are all Bluetooth. You know, so people like their lighting to be Bluetooth, control your radio, uh, everything. So that's what I'm seeing a lot of. Okay, Beth. Um, I would say. Um, kind of the convenience factor. So doing kind of going back to a lot of more uh, tankless hot water heaters, um, Insta hots, just kind of getting a little bit more quicker water, hotter water is definitely a thing, you know, in the Northwest, we, we love, we, we're not cold, but we definitely feel like we are in a cold, damp environment. Um, heated tile flooring uh, would be definitely a big thing in uh, bathrooms as well as kind of that barrier-free shower. So just ease of transition for kind of long-term livability. Um, uh, for showers, you know, hand showers are st we're we're using those, incorporating those into showers. Whether that's um, putting those on separate valves now, so we can get more water flow, and kind of just trying to manipulate situations so we can get a better better experience for our clients. Okay, now with some of these um, higher end products, you know, they come with a higher cost. So how are you selling some of these products to your customers? Are you having to upsell or are they actually coming to you wanting these? So when I, when I go into an initial meeting with a client, I, I try to um, find out what their needs are and what they want. And that kind of, you know, I, I can tell if somebody's looking, you know, a lot of times I'll go and try to qualify them as far as what their budget is. Um, some people will say, this is, you know, our last bathroom remodel. We want it to be luxurious. And then I can make some suggestions and a lot of times they'll love it. But what I typically do is, you know, after my consultation with them and I'll give them a price on, let's say the nuts and bolts of the project um, and keeping in mind that I don't include uh, fixtures. So uh, because I don't mark them up and it's been uh, a successful, successful sales tool for my company where the client will go to my salespeople and they'll sell them the product as far as, you know, upselling and stuff like that. So I rely on a lot of uh, salespeople that I have, uh, that I've had in my portfolio for 20 years and they, they know what I'm looking for. They know my client. So th th they're the ones who really kind of like sell the project, uh, especially um, like my kitchen designers and, um, I'll send them to, you know, appliance stores, you know, cabinet manufacturers. They're the ones who are, uh, really upsell the product. Um, for me, it's always, you never want a client once you're done to say, well, I wish I would have known about this or that's a product that, you know, why didn't you say that? Tell me about this one thing. So it's always asking those leading questions of um, when you're working, you know, like with tile. So, you know, when you're wanting tile, are you thinking you would like a heated format? Oh, well, you know, tell me more. And then always uh, trying to put those as 
many options so that a client feels like they have control over what they do or, or don't want. Um, but again, trying to make sure, you know, whether it's, um, it's tile flooring or adding, you know, a secondary uh, fixture in a prep sink or something like that, just kind of making sure that they know all the options so that they can make the best decision for themselves. And um, trying to, I would say more educate than upsell is definitely part of, you know, my job because we're looking at a, a whole house. So I just want to make sure that they are making the choice best for them, that they won't ever come back and say, I wish I would have known about something that just wasn't shared. So. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you see these, the design of these spaces heading over the next few years? What do you think is going to continue to trend? Um, what products are you going to see? Um, you know, I know ADA is really big. Um, what do you guys think? So, uh, a lot of my clients are, uh, have had, prior experience in remodeling. It's kind of why they uh, would go with my company. Um, so they're, they're experienced and a lot of them are empty nesters. And it, it like Beth was saying, they're looking for um, longevity in the house. So, you know, curbless showers, we've been doing a lot of those. Um, so it's, it's just making, you know, they're, they're looking for in my area, like one story living um just ease of access to to rooms kitchens and bathrooms master bathrooms um so that's kind of the things that i've been seeing a lot of um as far as styles i've been seeing um like soft contemporary or soft modern styles a lot you know what i mean almost like a a mix of traditional and contemporary so okay Beth I would definitely say that the mid-century has been kind of a tie that we've been riding and that seems to be not waning yet we still really like the clean lines um you know shakers kind of like or modified shaker styles um the the things that we're kind of looking forward to, um the the 70s and 80s are actually kind of coming in again which is a little um I'm an 80s kid so kind of hard to see some of that coming back in um but it's kind of embracing the things that are timeless within that era and kind of you know just again, letting people know, okay, this is definitely an influence of what's in the marketplace. Is that something that really stays true to who you are in your home? Um, so just, uh, just looking at those parts and pieces carefully. Um, I would say natural materials are kind of they're definitely sought after more and more and more as we have all experienced uh, quartz and different synthetics and kind of, you know, the pros and cons, um, but also looking looking to incorporate just as much new and fresh things into spaces and convenience is going to be always number one nobody wants to put a countertop in that's going to stain within you know two to three years um, and have a high maintenance so it's when somebody's staying there long term you want to make sure they that they're using products that are that are really going to hold up well yeah, absolutely. And I'm just laughing about, you know, you used to talking about like, you know, the 80s and, you know, coming back. I don't know if you guys knew, but Kohler Company um, had like a contest where at KBiz, up until KBiz, they were having voting on 
all these different old colors that they brought back. You're talking about how you're getting rid of pinks and greens and oh, know, they're back in right oh, now. Oh, they're coming back. Yeah, oh, like yeah. They, it's crazy. I saw that. I was like, I don't think I'd want that in my bathroom. <laughs> If, if you love to stay with the trends and you know you it's a powder bathroom that you're every five years you're ready to kind of flip do it like that's <laughs> great that's amazing but if it's you're incorporating you know a whole massive amount of tile into that main suite and you're gonna you know pinks and greens are they're just hard to live with without uh kind of stamping the date and time that you just did that in right. yeah absolutely we, we've been seeing um in the last say five years, I've been seeing more wallpaper than I've ever seen before too. So it's not going away. We, 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 I, I haven't seen it in the past 20 years, but the last five, everybody's doing it. So, um, that's one of the What's things old that I, becomes new again. Yeah. As long you know, as soffits don't come back in hard. Soffits is that what you said? Yeah. No soffits. They're not I allowed. I agree with you. <laughs> That's funny. Too funny. Well, yeah. that's all the time we have today. Was there anything else that either one of you wanted to add? No, I mean, when like when um, when you are doing your podcast, you ever talk to clients about like what level of construction they're looking for as far as like, like I try to qualify clients uh, price-wise because some, I'll get calls from people and they think you could do a bathroom, like even a standard bathroom for $20,000. So I try to educate them and I try to use some tools to do it. Um, you know, have you ever discussed that with any other say contractors or? No, please. Uh, what, you, what exactly do you, do you steer them towards? So um, I, I try to, there's a, a, a fine home building has a, a cost first value report and it's by uh, zip code. So, you know, they'll steer you towards what a, you know, a kitchen remodel cost and, you know, um, average to high end. So I, I steer them towards that. And I try to, uh, you know, I have other contractors calling me asking me, you know, what I'm charging for like a, a master suite or what I'm charging per square foot. So it's, it's nice that when a client approaches me, they kind of know what the cost is. Um, because Beth, as you know, everything has doubled in the last, you know, five years as far as product and, you know, labor and stuff like that. So when I, when I send out estimates to, uh, for bathrooms, like master suites, and they're $150,000, people are just like, you know, they have no idea. So when you're getting, you know, a freestanding tub that costs $5,000 and, uh, pedestal valves that cost $3,000, just, it adds up quickly. Yeah. Education, when it comes to budgeting, we always try to budget qualify, um, as you know, the first, second meeting as quickly as possible to even engage into, uh, more of a formal quote or design agreement, just budgets are such a sticker shock right now, even for us. I mean, I, I, I get quotes all the time and it's just like, how did that go up so much? Um, yeah. And, so you know, we, we, we try to 
kind of have that empathy with our clients. Like we understand this is just, it's beyond what we were used to and uh, relaying that. And, you know, everyone always has the battle with HGTV. It, it brings in clients, but it also is such an unrealistic expectation that you have to quickly just have that conversation up front. I'm glad you love that show, but that's not our reality. So yeah, and, and can you can you do a master bathroom in one week? You know, so exactly. Don't believe everything you see on TV, essentially. Mag- magic of TV. So that's like that's you know how I like I try to qualify somebody on the first meeting with it, and uh, just by letting you know what what the budgets are. And sometimes I get people that are just like, oh, that's way out of our budget, and you know I, I'm not wasting their time. They're not ma- wasting my time. But a lot of the people that are uh, that a lot of my clients are educated in it or know about what what it could cost you know what I mean so it's just I'm wondering how like Beth how your clients feel like when you give them a quote on a kitchen I, I don't know like what your average kitchen in your area cost yeah but- it's average you know kitchen used to be between 50 to 70 was kind of that going number that you could yeah. you could do it and it would it would be a nice space now it's you know, 80 to 120, it's just so much, um, that it's, it's a, it's a constant conversation right now, um, with what stays and what goes. And, um, having started this and, uh, working for my dad in 2007, I did get to write a, a really big, uh, double, double dip down, um, recession. So I feel, um, I mean, just everything you do in life gives you good education and good tools. And that definitely I'm starting to pull back some of those tools that I learned back then, just yep. working with clients now to how to, how to budget save or how to, um, look at things as far as maybe different phases, not versus a whole, like we're not going to remodel a whole house right now, but we could do a kitchen and right. then a few years do bathrooms. So phasing things out, out versus, you know, all or nothing. So, right. Uh, your, your budgets are exactly what mine are around here. I don't think it's not different at all. I, I tell people like for a, a nice kitchen, you're, you know, you're probably starting at close to a hundred thousand dollars, you know, all in yeah. sometimes, you know, the appliances set that way over, but, um, and when you, uh, when you design a kitchen, do you have your clients pick out appliances first? Like, do you build a kitchen around the appliances or, it's, it's a conversation always with the client, like what, what are they wanting in the space? So, oh, you know, if they have something in mind, I want that 48 inch range, then it's a really good indication kind of sizing. We don't actually um, model numbers, we kind of work through the design to get those model numbers. I don't have make somebody lock in with their appliance package before I'll have a conversation with them because right. it usually it's, it's a kind of a two-way conversation of as far as this is what's really going to fit. I know you want a 48 inch, you know, refrigeration system, but really we've got 36 inches. So let's look at these yeah. models so that we can get everything on your wish list rather than pigeonholing to say this right. is the option. Yeah. I don't have my clients go out and pick out uh, appliances first. I just have like the idea, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just so you know, instead of the, you know, instead of the 48 inch range, maybe go for the 36 instead of the 30, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it kind of helps gauge the the type of kitchen that we're doing. 
Yeah. One, well, I mean, plumbing fixtures, thankfully, are a little easier to access where for a few few years they were kind of the, the nemesis in the in getting a bathroom done. So thankfully that seems to be heating up. But um great, great topic because black is so popular right now. I, we're you know, we're waiting sometimes three months for uh the finish. So the valves are all accessible, the finish is not. So Okay. That's what we're running into. Well, thank you both for taking the time. This was a great discussion. I really appreciate it. My thank pleasure. You. Thank you for having us. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you found our conversation with Beth Rhodes and Bob Ayers interesting and helpful. For more episodes of And So It Flows, visit us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or pmmag.com. <laughs>